Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Anthony Mingione, and we have Michael Jello. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Russell. Well, I just want to say, just the same as Major League Baseball saying that the baseballs are less lively this year, and actually I have a stat. From June 25th, they've, they're, and I don't know if it's carried through July, there's been at least one player that's hit two-plus home runs every day, 27 straight days in Major League Baseball, and now like six in the Met game tonight, Aaron Judge is 30. I just I want to make a, a decree here, and I'm just going to say we are going to be as lively as the, the Major League Baseball baseball. <laughs> well, how, 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 how appropriate that you're referring to juiced baseballs, and I'm watching the Yankee game and Ryan Braun is up. <laughs> <laughs> it just You can't help the parallels. All right, so – the three of us <clears throat> went to camps today, so I figured we'd just go round table a little bit just to mm-hmm. talk about things we saw at camp that maybe we found interesting. I, I wrote some of my things on Sportsology, and I saw, Ant, that you were tweeting. And So, like, I, I, first one that maybe didn't catch everybody's eye at, um, at Flyers camp was I really liked the way the, um, the Flyers were working on guys sort of shooting off a uh, – like I would say shooting off, it's, it's almost like a golfer shooting off a tee. They're shooting off a flat surface to kind of speed up their shot. Mm-hmm. And the first guy that I saw them make a really good difference with immediately was Connor Bunneman. And this is a guy who already scored 37 goals last year. So just imagine now when he's in the slot, if he's a half a second quicker, how many goals he yeah. might score this year. No, it certainly was fascinating to actually watch that. Uh, watch that today and seeing. I was like looking down, like interesting. Uh, and there's always this. There's always these interesting new, oh, yeah. uh, newer methods that are incorporated every single year in terms of getting. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do. Trying to develop. It's the whole point of these camps: developing skill, yeah. move things along a little bit quicker. If there's a method to be able to be able to do it, but absolutely, it was. Uh, it was an inter- certainly an interesting thing to watch today. And what did you see that you you maybe enjoyed or scratched your head or you know just looked at it and said, "Wow, that's kind of cool." Well, we had a few um, other drills. There was a few other drills, obviously. There's a couple of ones I've seen from Pashers, but still, how it challenges a lot of the young players. The one hand stick drill, yeah, uh, where they're trying again. They have to try to cut their circles and. With larger players that have been in this particular camp this year, with the uh, obviously you know the unbelievable you know Isaac Radcliffe, the whole yeah. six foot six, you know six foot probably six nine or six on skates, yeah. you know it's not an easy drill for big guys or certainly a guy like Matt Strom as well to try to cut their circles a little bit tighter to try to be able to control the puck going around. But again. That's a drill that was larger with, with some of the larger players that they had in camp this year. 
it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more of a challenge for them versus let's say a guy like, um, you know, a little bit more like Morgan Frost. Although again, Frost had his moments where I think he was maybe a little bit nervous today as well. He was being in his first camp, uh, being in his first camp. But for the most part, um, I thought that was, uh, again, a fascinating draw. Of course, they also had the, um, those, the plastic shielding over the nets, uh, the black shielding yeah. in front of the nets to, to, to emphasize, you know, being a bit more, you know, for accuracy in this yeah. circumstance, instead of having the old-fashioned dishes like we saw during the All-Star yeah. games. Uh, in this case, you had these, uh, these you know, pre- precision drills, which, again, you know, if you're a young player coming into camp for the first time, you're, you know, you're trying to impress, and if you're not hitting those targets, all of a sudden you start thinking, uh-oh. Uh, so in that circumstance, I thought those were some interesting things I saw today at uh, Dana Voorhees. I do want to say, if you hear some snoring, it's it's not Mike. It's my dog, Kaya. She's She snores pretty loud. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> well, <laughs> well oh, I know I excite Kaya with my commentary all the time. Um, well, at Leaf, at Leaf Camp, it's pretty, it's pretty similar in previous years, you know, under the, you know, the guidance of the, in the, in the Shanahan era, they, 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 the first day or two, they emphasized skating drills. And boy, you can tell the difference between a player who really needs to work on his skating and somebody who is purported to be a great skater, like Timothy Lilligren, who, uh, you know, they, they're going through the, the usual um, straight ahead, go back type of drill and also the uh, skating, you know, skating backwards for mm-hmm. half and then turning around and skating forwards. And some of the big defensemen that the Leafs have drafted, and they have, I swear, they have enough to, to field an NBA team. They've got like five <laughs> defense, defensemen who are over six foot five. And some of them uh, are, are not bad skaters and some of them really need to work with Barb Underhill and they're, and they're, they really, if they're going to make the NHL, they're going to have mm-hmm. to really uh, improve on their skating. But Lilligren, I mean, he's just smooth and, you know, it's natural. So, I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to build up the strength, but the skating is there already. Yeah, no question. All right, so the first roundtable question, we did talk about it a little bit during the week, but I haven't heard Ant's comments, so I'd like to, um, and we'll start with him. You know, obviously McDavid signs his deal, but my question to you, Ant, is now would you rush and give uh, Leon Dreisaitl a deal? I'd, I would certainly move forward with it, um, but with some care in terms of how they've sort of structured their team at this point right now. Yeah. I know, you know, the, the initial thing everybody immediately pops in your head is, oh, offer, you know, is there going to be an offer sheet for Drysaddle? And I don't think that's going to happen, yeah. at least not this year. I think some of the reports are, I think they're coming. I think we will start seeing them as we get closer and closer to around the time in, in a year or so. I think there's a chance we may see it. I just don't see it necessarily yet with Drysaddle. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, in his circumstance, again, Edmonton's really sort of structured and in, in, uh, interesting is probably a nice way of putting it uh, in terms of some of the contracts that they've doled out this summer. Certainly, Chris Russell coming to mind at four years and four million, and you know, but um, in my mind, I want to make some form of progress with Dry Settle because I think it, it, it's it's very evident to me that he is the Malkin to McDavid's Crosby, that right. he's a guy I think they're going to be able – that they, they're going to need to commit to. And they're also going to start considering, again, long-term what they're going to do 
financially with um, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in this circumstance, if and when they get this uh, Dreisaitl finish. Again, depending on where they play Dreisaitl, too. But I think mm-hmm. at this point right now, the long term has to be probably at second-line center behind McDavid. Yeah, I think that that will be the plan. Me, I'm more of a harder guy. I still would sign him to his first bridge deal and then mm-hmm. and make it just a two-year bridge deal. That's fine. He's still an RFA after that. And then if he proves it to me, that's fine. But then it gives me at least this year and maybe next year to try and mm-hmm. add a lot of free agents and really see if I can get lucky and win a cup because after that, the cost is going to be like almost prohibitive. It's going to be very tough. Well, the problem is not this year because they have right. 16, a little a little under $17 million in cap space. So, you know, they can sign Dreisaitl this year, and it's not a problem. It's when the McDavid deal kicks in next year. Yeah. You know, they've already, they're, they're already at $52 million with 12 players for next year. And that, you know, you just can't have that with, with Dreisaitl probably getting what he deserves or what they probably should try to do is get him locked up on a long-term deal. It's probably going to cost between seven and eight million. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can you can go you can go short-term, you can go bridge, but you're probably going to pay for it in the end because look what look what happened with uh, Subban a couple of years ago. They went bridge, they got him cheap for two years, and then they hit they had, they got hit for nine large. And that's the lesson you have to learn. You got to get them locked up. Yeah, but you're going to get hit for nine large anyhow, so you might as well. The thing where I think Edmonton's failed this year is they should have loaded up on one-year free agents at a high cost to try and really get far in the playoffs, and they didn't seem to do that. They shouldn't have all this cap room. Like, having all this cap room this year doesn't make sense to me. Well, they just signed UC Jokinen for a million one, so there's your time free agent. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like it's it's ill-timed, and it does seem like the Leafs will do the opposite of Edmonton, which again, because you know everybody goes, well, Edmonton's doing this. This will change everything in the league, and it's like, but it's not. Other teams are not running and rushing to do this. This is just what their strategy is. But the, pro- so- the, the, the problem, Russ, between the Leafs and the and the Oilers right now is that the Leafs cleaned out most of their garbage, mm-hmm. and, and all the Oilers did was re-sign it. You know, and I'm not saying not saying Ryan Nugent Hopkins is garbage, but the problem is when you're paying. McDavid twelve and a half million, and you have to resign Drysaddle. You do not have room for a third line center and Ryan Nugent Hopkins making six million bucks. Chiarelli's got to move him out, but I don't know if he's got the will or the you know or a destination that will take him at six million. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Again, when you got four more years on that with that cap for Nugent Hopkins, and you've got to got to also have other teams that are willing to believe that you know in this circumstance that they are willing to give you a good return in trade for them in this circumstance. I mean, you have to probably, we're getting to the point where obviously we're going to have to try to make salaries match. You know, they're going to want to have salaries somewhat come into play here and, and not necessarily completely match, but you know, that's, that's one of the big things right now for if Edmonton's going to be able to make a deal in moving Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, that's a good question too. Like it just seems like, they waited so long for this that they can't possibly get value, and so I don't know. I don't know if they'll move them or not. So in other, like, awesome news, although I can't find any photographic evidence of this, uh, Johnny Goudreau was supposed to ride a horse today in the uh, Calgary Stampede Parade. Oh, wait, wait, I may have found it. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, this is a short horse. Like, I've ridden a lot of horses and 
I'm one of those guys that doesn't necessarily have to have a short horse, but I don't want one like eight hands, like one that's massive, mm. you know. This is a very short horse that Johnny Goudreau is on. Mm. I'm going to retweet it now that people so people can see it at Sportsology. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that's it, just a groan, that's all I get out of you, whatever. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> Russ wants a pony. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get out of this. Russ wants a pony. He doesn't have enough animals in the house. He wants a he wants a pony for the yard. <laughs> so, I got some good gems today at camp. I'll I'll write about them in the next couple of days from some Flyers guys, Wade Allison and and from uh, Tanner Lasinski. I think some you know little semi scoops. I, I I got those guys by themselves, but I did get some really funny stuff from. Uh, from Isaac Radcliffe and Matthew Strong, they were sitting next to each other, and uh, I'll let one of them go now because, you know, the Flyers do this thing where they have the trial on the aisle and everybody goes and plays volleyball and they, they do, like, Ironman stuff. And, you know, Radcliffe being 6'6", Strong being 6'3", they both told me that they play in front of, you know, that they're basically the net front presence guys, and they just, you know, slam it down. And, and so Strong said he thinks he could, you know, take care of Radcliffe, and Radcliffe said – yeah, I'm pretty sure I could take care of Strom in front of the net, but he said if Strom comes at me hot, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> like that who, who comes? You weren't there, but like who comes at someone hot in a volleyball game? Like that was pretty funny. <laughs> watching too much. Too, he's watching uh, Top Gun too much. Yeah, <laughs> coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was it showed a really uh, a good sense of humor on uh on Ratcliffe. I, I enjoyed let's, that. Let's just say if they remake Top Gun if they make Top Gun two, we don't want to see Val Kilmer without his shirt this time. No. No. <laughs> There's a lot of things we don't want to see in Top Gun or even another Top Gun. But that's that's another discussion for another day. So mm-hmm. anything else, Ant, that you saw that you thought was kinda cool? A few things. I uh, got a chance to really kind of talk to uh, Morgan Frost today um, mm-hmm. in the locker room, just to kind of because again, you're in a bit of a scrum and everything, and uh, during yeah. during the during um, during the draft, and yeah. you know, Morgan obviously comes off, you know, very very polished, very poised. Um, certainly, Mike can certainly speak to with regards to uh, he's had he's been around been around hockey his whole life and uh certainly with his you know certainly with his father's uh history with the with the maple leafs and everything but i didn't i, I never, never didn't i know you guys had talked to him and i had not gotten to ask him sort of you know who he modeled his game after and mm-hmm. fascinatingly you know I, I i don't know what my expectation was but again after I got past my initial sort of initial, I don't want to say surprise, but his, his mentioning of Minnesota's Michael Granlin, and now I, you know, looking, I'm like, yeah, I can yeah. definitely see, and it really kind of, in my mind, kind of speaks to his maturity level in terms of the fact that this is a guy he says he's watched for several years now. Physical body type very similar to one another in terms of you know over in, in terms of their stature and and how they play and. Again, Philadelphia ends up with a, with a Michael Granlin on their hands. Uh, they'll be extremely uh, they'll be extremely happy, I think, in this circumstance. So that I thought was uh, interesting. Certainly, the conversation as well with uh, German Rubstov today through translator uh, Slava Kuznetsov, who's one of the skating coaches today. I asked about certainly the fact that they had been playing. 
uh, when Rubsov came over from, you know, from Russia and was playing for mm-hmm. Chikutami, uh they had him initially playing on the left wing, and I thought potentially that sort of, a, 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 you know, experimenting. Like yeah. But it it wasn't in this circumstance. It's just they loaded they loaded what they believe were the be- their best players onto one line, and he just yeah. happened to be playing on the left wing, and now he's kind of alternated between the two positions. So, again, while the Flyers are certainly loaded up in the system with centers, I wouldn't necessarily count out Rubsov as being one of those guys in the center mix, although I think there's right. a pretty good chance that he could swing out to the left side. So I thought those were the two between uh, with Frost and with uh, with Rubsov that you know that, that were interesting tidbits from today. Yeah, there's one more thing that Mike could comment on that we heard that we were a little surprised when Nolan Patrick was uh, in his press conference. Uh, he basically said that when asked about medicals, what teams thought. And oh, he yeah. Goes, he goes, well, the only teams that were, you know, really looking at me were New Jersey and Philly, and New yeah. Jersey really wasn't that interested in me. So my, yeah, and they weren't interested well, They weren't interested specifically in his, his, his medical. As much with regards to his medical, which for but he him, also made it, it seem like interest. He, he made it seem like even, like, interest wasn't that high. He did. Yeah, <laughs> as if they were going in with, the preconceived, you know, head mindset that they were going to be drafting uh, Nico in the circumstance. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no other way to sort of go around and say no, but, and certainly both teams are going to be like, yeah, we got the guy, the exact guy we wanted, but mm-hmm. it's interesting to sort of hear Patrick kind of say that because it gives you a little bit of a window inside that we don't normally get in this case. Right. And I, that was something that was, that was definitely unexpected uh, and interesting, certainly. Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, if if there was an equivalent amount of interest on the part of New Jersey in Patrick as much as he shared, you would have thought that they would have gone through his medical records with a fine-tooth comb. But if they if they really didn't, then I then you know everything that we heard about them you know batting around he Shearer and Patrick going back and forth was just all smokescreen by by Ray Shiro, and they had their minds set on he Shearer all along. Yeah, and I, you know, getting back to Frost, um, I did want to say, like, just the same way that he shot, you know, in the middle and said, hey, he's like, wants to be like Michael Granlund, who I think's a heck of a player. When I started um, doing radio, I shot in the middle and said, I kind of want to be like Scott Farrell, but use my own voice. <laughs> and, I, and I think I've done that. Try it out. <laughs> um, Okay, well, Leafs, Leafs camp was interesting in, in a couple respects. One, the amount of players that they brought, 57 players to camp. But the way they, they, way they, they split them up is they had one group of 33 split into two different, um, uh, different sections, mm-hmm. and they were doing mostly, you know, not, not, not drills, mostly skate-arounds and a few other things. And then the, the 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 third group was most of their draft picks and a couple um, AHL players and guys. I think they're taking more of a look at, and they did all drills. So it was a, a really large group of free agents. And if you look at the the way the Leafs are structured right now, they have 48 players on pro contracts. Connor Brown makes 49. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anybody from this free agent class, unless somebody just shocks them is going to get signed because they just don't have the room right now until they make the trade, which I think they're going to probably make before the season starts. Yeah, that is interesting. I also think that this is a plot by Lou Lamoureux to put 
like a hundred guys on the ice, so the Toronto media couldn't possibly write about everybody. Oh well, I mean, they, you know, you're gonna, they're gonna get an opportunity. I mean, I, well, <laughs> I, I know, I know, uh, you know, that was on the ice. Off the ice, I, I think the Toronto media is really hoping that in the next year or two, Jeremy Bracco makes the NHL because mm-hmm. they will love him as an interview. He oh is, yeah, he's he the best. So he is so good. He is so funny, and even even on the ice, he was really sort of loosey goosey. He was playing yeah. rock paper scissors with with uh, one of the one of the players before one of the drills, and he was yeah. he was yucking it up with Barb Underhill. He's just so loose, and he's got a lot of talent. So I think he's, he's a live wire. He is. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no question about that. And it is fun. I mean, that's that's a. Um, I, I think we're I think we're a year away. I think we're a year away from seeing Bracco. I do. I think, and, and that will be good. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Now, as we move further into the summer, uh, and I'll just get your opinion. Like Mike and I are pretty much in agreement at this point that right now we don't think Matt Duchesne's going anywhere. Do you think he's going anywhere right now? At this point, it's starting to get. Getting to a certain certain level here, where it's just like if it isn't going to happen now, then it's going to probably be uh, we get probably get a little closer to the uh, to the beginning of pre to, to training camp and preseason. Maybe around that time, something shakes loose. But but again, we think that, and then all of a sudden, out of out of the blue, a deal happens. You know, it's one mm-hmm. it's one of those strange things. But my my gut is at this point that if it hasn't been done yet, he may be in limbo throughout the entire summer, and certainly you know and. Sackick's going to have to deal with with Pat Brisson uh, yeah. in this circumstance, and I wish I wish him all the luck in the world with regards to <laughs> dealing with him uh, over this right now, because it's very obvious that you know Matt Duchesne wants out of Colorado, and they're just kind of he's just being kind of held in limbo, and that they you know again the other big question is going to be we get to a certain point in the summer where is Sackick necessarily going to be the GM who actually makes the trade? That's, That's the point. other thing we have to take into the in, into. At this point now, we much of the thing is much of the roster moves have all been kind of done. You would think kind of that if Sackick would lose his position, it would have to be probably sometime in the fall if the team's off to a real rough start at that point. But because they've already kind of set they've already kind of set their table already, although they're still yeah. they're still in neutral with regards to whatever they're going to be doing with Matt Duchesne, if they're going to do anything, which you would think they're going to. But You would think, but I don't know. All right, so here's a roundtable question. Ant, I'll mm-hmm. start with you. Where does Yarmir Yager end up? Oof. I think he ends up somewhere up in Canada. I do. He hasn't, hit Can- he hasn't played for a Canadian team yet. It may be a case where it gets a little bit closer to camp and everything. Wouldn't shock me if it's Montreal. Wouldn't stun me at all if it was if it was there. Which again would probably, you know, just thrill Mike Argello to to no end. Uh, <laughs> he'll be like, "Yes, good." If they want to play, keep playing slow. Go right ahead and keep playing slow. Get slower. <laughs> Get they're slower. They're not going to pick up their pace. Get slower. Play like you're in quicksand. Find Fred uh, Marsh and get slower. <laughs> So that's my prediction. I'm going to say Yager ends up in Canada, and I got the gut feeling that it's going to be Montreal, but we'll see. I'll, okay. I'll go Canada, but I'll go the other coast. 
because ah. the, the Vancouver Canucks are oh. a clueless organization, oh. and they would that be was clueless. Like second option. Yeah, that they would be clueless option. enough to sign Yarmur Yager because they actually think they have a chance to make the playoffs. And you know that's that's a win now move, even though he's 45 and really can't move anymore. They'll think, okay, you know, he put up points last year. Let's let's see if there's anything left in the tank. And you know, I keep saying Vancouver should be rebuilding and not retooling, but they're not listening to me. They're they're re, they're they're adding Michael Delzato. They're adding Sam Gagne. They signed a, an expensive backup goaltender. They're acting like a team that's trying to contend for a Stanley Cup, and they're nowhere close. So Yarmir Yager, okay. here, here I come. I'm gonna say. Yarmir Yager is going to end up on an episode of Beat Bobby Flay because apparently he's got this favorite mashed potatoes and chicken dish that he likes, and maybe he's going to cook that on national TV until someone calls for him. But Only only if Giada De Laurentiis is one of the guest uh, judges. <laughs> she could be. Who knows? Uh, on a serious note, I'm going to go New York Islanders. So that's, that's oh, who I God. think at the, at the last minute they're going to look at their lineup and say – we need more scoring. We need that's, more something. That's going to play John Tavares. And he has, to finish, the, and he has to finish the. He has to finish the New York area trifecta. That is a good point. He's played yep. well. He's played for the Devils. He's played for the Rangers. Yep. It's time to to find out, to to end the trifecta. That's true. Yeah. So I, I I can I can see that. I'll put that as my number three behind Montreal <laughs> and Vancouver. All right. Now. Yeah. We're, Johnny T will be ready to sign that eight-year extension as soon as they they ink Yager. That's going to happen. Now here's something, <laughs> and now here's something. We we brought this up on yesterday's uh, Buzzcast, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because I couldn't find anywhere else where another guy had this situation. So Josh Bailey is the second leading scorer on the Islanders last year. He still does not have a contract going into next year. He could be a UFA. We don't hear any negotiations. Can you think of another team that's maybe their second leading scorer who, and he's been a long-term guy with a team, you know, a guy who came up in the organization who basically doesn't have a deal going into next year. He left basically, uh, basically to flap in the wind until, yeah. uh, uh, not one that's coming to mind. Yeah. I'm sure there's been a situation or two where it has happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm at a loss to try to come up with an example, at least off the top of my head. I, I think there's a guy named Stamkos in Tampa that. Uh, yeah, but that's when you're talking about that kind of money. That's different. This is not big money. Yeah. No, it's yeah, not surprising. Yeah, no, it's not. But I mean, we if you look at the Islanders, I mean, I know Bailey's put up some some points uh, in recent years. He's making $3.3 million right now. But this is a team that's paying Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck that amount. I know, and that's what's crazy about this. It's like, look, and I'm not even the biggest Josh Bailey fan, and but at the end of the day, not all these points are because of John Tavares, and he does play a decent all-around game. So at the end of the day, who are you bringing up? I mean, if you want to tell me Michael Dal Cole will take his spot, he might, mm. but next year, you know, they're they're going to probably lose another player or two, and I just don't think they could afford to lose them. Now, it doesn't mean they will lose them, but I don't know. And he's also one of John Tavares' buddies, so I'm kind of thinking not having him re-sign doesn't really help the Tavares thing either. 
He'll be joining Tavares wherever he's going. And he could be. I mean, that's and, and so let's let's talk about that one for a minute, Ant. So John Tavares, mm-hmm. uh, I don't believe he'll re-sign this summer. It doesn't mean he's gone, but I don't think he's probably seen enough to to re-sign. Yeah. I think in August they'll they'll have some sort of meeting. I don't know if we'll ever hear anything out of that meeting, but I just have a feeling this is going to drag on for a while. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think there's going to there's there's going to be certainly some protracted uh, discussions. We're going to hear some. I think we'll hear some things happen over the summer, but in terms of them actually sort of really moving seriously forward, uh, in many ways, to me, the Tavares situation is going to mirror. We just mentioned his name, Stephen. We just mentioned Samkos. I think it's yeah. going to, it may be one of the things where it literally goes down to a few days before he goes to market. It could, and maybe the Islanders are able to get that push in at the last second uh, to get it done, or he or he or he takes his uh, takes his talents to uh, to uh, elsewhere in this circumstance. So again, I just I don't have a read here in terms of thinking that it's going to be happening this summer. I'd agree with him. If I'm if I'm looking at, it, I'm going. What have the Islanders done? You know, in terms yeah. of putting a team around me, and they haven't really done much. I mean, in terms of really kind of putting those parts in place. I mean, yes, they made the trade for um, – they, they acquired Everly. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, need a little bit more than just Jordan Everly. Uh, and and that's that's kind of where I, I, I stand with the Islanders right now. Okay. Mike? Well, they traded Everly, and uh, they traded for Everly, and then they traded Hamannick, So Hamannick, and they don't even get the part that they needed in return. I mean, that's the thing. They didn't do yeah. – yeah, congratulations. You got picks. Yeah, uh, you – what does that do for the for the Islanders in the in the in the short term with with, with Tavares? And yeah. you know that's we all were assuming that you know they might have gone one one a with him and Duchesne, and that's doesn't look like it's that's not happening. Well, you trade you traded one of your top three defensemen, and granted, we know that the Islanders are deep on defense, and you got guys mm-hmm. like Rock who are, who could step in, but you know you still you traded one of your top three defensemen in a league where a defenseman is so valuable right now that people are blowing their brains out to get, to get them. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what Garth Snow is doing. If he is under a budget, then he, I think he, he's pretty much screwed because uh, Tavares, I think, is going to ask for every red cent he can get out of that organization. If they don't upgrade, and if he stays, he's going to ask for more than McDavid. And if they, you know, if if they don't want to pay him, then he's going to go someplace else, and maybe he'll get that on the on the on the free market. But he and but he could go someplace else, and if it's a place where he thinks he can win, he might take a more cost-effective deal just for a chance to win a Stanley Cup. It's not out of the question. So, I guess the question is, if he goes this far and nothing happens, do they at least? Are they at least able to trade his rights, or is he going to walk without any compensation? Well, you know, basically I, nothing. Just I think Anthony, get nothing. I think Anthony is right in the sense that he's playing the Stamkos playbook, and and page two of the playbook is as soon as the regular season gets done, he says, "I'm not talking contract until after the season is over with." That's yeah. when Garth, that's when Garth Snow has to make his decision. I don't believe Tavares has the no move clause that Stamkos had in Tampa, so Stamkos could control his fate. Garth can trade him, and if they can't get him signed, and they're and they're going to roll the dice and wait until next June, 
I would trade him because I think if he goes that far, he's gone. Yeah. Just confirming it now. I'm just going I'm on cap friendly so I can confirm it with his deal. So yeah, I don't believe he term- has no No, he has a mo- uh, 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 hit the brakes there. He has a modified NTC and okay. NFC in the last two years of his deal. The player has the clause details are the player submits an eighteen no trade list. But so it's not. It's a- not it's not over certainly not something that's overcomable if they want to, if they want to move them, but it does limit options depending on what those eight teams are. Right. Okay. So, I yeah. think that went under the radar. Like nobody's really talking about it. I think it's kind of funny. Um, former Rangers goalie Magnus Helberg signed Helberg signed with the Kunlun Red Star. You know the Chinese uh, mm-hmm. team in the KHL. There's got a few guys Kunlun, but the investment. Uh, that's been made recently. Uh, I think they've had some some Western money coming in. Uh, certainly with uh, Keenan being involved now. With Keenan, them. Keenan is the guy, and I do want to go over the roster. So you're yeah. you're like reading my so mind. So, so on the roster, we do have Jesse Blacker, a former uh, Maple Leaf, uh, former Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leaf second round pick. Yep, yep, that was a good pick. Um, <laughs> Artis Kulda, who actually. Oh yeah. Was a um, was a real star in the, in the uh, Memorial Cup. He's there, uh, and that was a couple of years ago when I covered the Memorial Cup in London. I believe Kulda was uh, like one of the best guys in the series, and so so you have that. Uh, let's see, Kyle Chipchura, former Canadians captain. Got Kyle that. Sure. Yep. Oh. Coyote. Andre Kostitsin, former Canadians bad boy. Oh God, yes. Macau brothers are both favorite player. <laughs> I don't see the other brother. No, no, not the other brother. No, he's too um, busy drinking with Radulov in Texas right now. Could be. Uh, Ethan Werrick, uh, former New York Ranger draft pick. Uh, he's there. Uh, another former Ranger, uh, Wojciech Wolski. Wojciech oh, Wolski gosh. is there. Uh Brandon Yip. I forget who he was a draft pick of. Let's see. i got to look up Brandon Yip. Colorado for a while. I yeah, Colorado. Yep, he was a Colorado draft pick. Interesting thing about Votek Volsky, you uh-huh. know, I, I know that, you know, obviously with, with uh, NHL players not going to the Olympics, Volsky is one of these players who may be playing for Team Canada in a pieced-together Team Canada in, in uh, Pyeongchang. Ah, that's an interesting one. And, and I'll leave you with this last one. This team has five goalies on the roster right now. Five. Mm-hmm. What are they, the Vegas Golden Knights? This seems like a problem for Mike Keenan. <laughs> I just got to say. This is... Do yeah. KHL rules allow for goalies to be get warm-ups uh, after this cold? <sighs> Maybe they'll put two in the net at a time. I'm not sure what they're mm-hmm. doing here. But it's certainly interesting. And they do, by the way, because I know you were wondering this, and I so was I, there is a Chinese player on this team, Rudy Ying, an 18-year-old. Let's look up his numbers. Rudy Ying played for the China under-18 team, which, again, I don't know who they played against. Um, He has – all right, wow. He played for the Connecticut Nighthawks. In the METJHL, I'm not even <laughs> sure what league that is. He had one goal. He played for Phillips 
Exector Academy, Academy, so which is a U.S. high school team, and in 14 games he had one assist. So I'm going to like go a, out on a limb. like a first-round pick to me. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he will not be the team's leading scorer, but he might be the most popular player. <laughs> as popular as Stefan Marbury in China? I think more popular because he's a Chinese-American. Starbury. No, he he's a Chinese American. Actually, I I met Stefan Marbury once, and his the the chain that he had on around his neck was maybe the biggest chain I had ever seen in my life. And he was wearing a Dwight Gooden jersey at the time. It was really funny. It was like <laughs> it was. I got invited to this house party. It was like for a on a junket for a video game company, and I'm walking around, and you know the Lakers cheerleaders are there, and there's some other people, and all of a sudden, boom! I like. I see Stephon Marbury, and he's wearing a Dwight Gooden jersey. I was like, wow. I said, i got to take a picture of this. <laughs> that was a while ago, though. That was when he was still playing. Now he's mm-hmm. just. Now I think he's just making sneakers. But that's it. Like, that's it. We've really we've run out of hockey, although we'll be at rookie camp tomorrow, and I'll be at uh, the three-on-three next week, and you'll be at the three-on-three next week for the Flyers, yep. and I'll be in the, mm-hmm. at the three-on-three for the uh, – the but Devils. the Devils next week, unless New Jersey Transit stops running, which lately that's a possibility. Um, but I'm and planning I'll, on going. And I'll be at the two blue and white scrimmages on Tuesday and Wednesday. There you go. So, you know, the hockey never really stops in July. It does, though, in like a week. In a week, it just yes. it totally stops dead. Like, then that's it. It's the yeah. end of the line. And we got nothing. Yep. We've run out. Out of gas. That's it. <laughs> and that's it. We want to thank everybody for yeah. tuning in this year. and um, We sputtered to a stop. We did. Six is out of gas. We have no fuel. <laughs> Big band and ship. We, we were like mayday, mayday, mayday. We were like a Tesla that charged up, and then we went like 102 miles. You know, yeah. like that's, <laughs> that's it. A bridge too far. That's where we're at. We thank everybody for tuning in this year, and we'll certainly be around next year and hoping that we're, uh, we'll have a few more people. Why not? You never know. Exactly. Take care, everybody. Have a great summer. Buenos noches. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.